Tonight we're going to start in Psalm 147. And I didn't tell Pastor Paul what I was covering. And when I heard that last song, I was blown away because it was the perfect segue to Psalm 147 and 148. You'll see when we go into it. I really, I'm not going to, I'm actually going to do very, something very unorthodox. I'm going to teach a topical message, which I normally don't do. I'm not going to go into great depth about the history and all that. Pastor Paul is covering Psalms on Wednesday night, so he, he's going to have that opportunity to do that with you. I'm actually even going to use a different Bible version. So very unorthodox. I really, aside from the announcements, I don't even have any notes. I looked over it. I'm like, all right, Lord, let's see. Let's see what you give me. Be ready in season and out of season. It just was... It was something on my heart. Uh, I was thinking about it, and, and, and then I found out where it was. And I said, you know what, Lord, you're going to give me the words for this. But I want to look at how we speak about our relationship with God. There's an acronym called ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. These are basically the four elements, and there's others, of when we deal with God, how we deal with him. And all of these should be a part of it. Now, it doesn't mean we say, okay, I'm done with confession. Let me move to thanksgiving. It's not mechanical, but it's, it's, it's endemic to how we pray. Um, unfortunately, though, the world, the ignorant world, sees God as one thing. The S, supplication, Santa Claus, you know, genie in the bottle. If you're, if you're really God, I want this. I've been praying for this for a long time. The first three are not even a part of it. And even as Christians, sometimes Christians, they'll confess their sins. I'm sorry for this, Lord. Now give me this. <laughs> what we often forget and we often don't realize, even in preaching sometimes, is the, the A and the T. Now some even go as far as the T, the thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these few things. But a lot of times the A, and I'm going to put that as the last one, is really forgotten. That's the adoration phase. We praise God for what he is, for who he is, for what he's done. Even if we think that we've been cheated in life, but we're going to heaven because we're saved. You know, we, we made a mess of our life and we're starting maybe in later years. There's still a lot to adore him about because we have a whole eternity that we're going to spend with him. It isn't, where it's at isn't here. I've got news for you. Now, some of us are doing very well in this world and there is that draw to be into this world, but that's not where it's at. So this is what I want to look at tonight. And praise and thanksgiving, praise and adoration and thanksgiving are intertwined. When we have a, a grateful heart, right, we normally praise him. When we know a Christian who's praising God, we know that that is a reflection that they have a thankful heart. So you can see how they, they're you know, parallel here and, and they go back and forth. So the first uh, psalm, 147, is an anonymous psalm. It's one of the praise psalms, and there is a, a focus, there is a contextual issue on the restoration of Jerusalem and the exiles, um, God giving them another chance. Now, we see this in the children of Israel, and we can see it in our own lives, too. God's very specific. If you follow me, and you worship me, and you, you don't follow other gods, and you're, you're faithful to me, then your crops are going to grow. You're going to have rain, you're gonna ha and that's... Listen, it's a relationship. He has every right to say that. 
But if you start to blaspheme me and you start to dishonor me and you start to, instead of telling the pagans who I am, you follow their gods who don't even exist, well, things are going to go difficult for you. So Israel would go through the cycle up and down, up and down, this restoration phase and because they would confess their sins and then they, they were doing so well that they completely forgot about God and then they lived a debauchery and then they had to fall flat again. So you see, it's almost like, I guess you would say, a sine wave. So that's the, the background there. And I'm actually going to, I hope none of you think it's heretical, but I'm actually going to quote from the Living Bible only because <laughs> it seems to explain it in a more smooth way. And I do have some issue with some of the things they say, but permit me to do this for this evening. So in Psalm 147, he says, Hallelujah, meaning praise God. Yes, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing his praises. How delightful and how right. So we find right off the bat that this is a good thing, and it's right, it's correct, it's the proper thing to do to praise God. Now I have to admit that even as believers, sometimes it's easy for us to explain God to a crowd of unbelievers than to just walk into a crowd and say, praise God, because we're concerned that they may look at us weird. But the truth is, we have every reason to praise God. It's right, it's proper, it's delightful. And it does something inside of us the more we praise God and the more we latch on to that. Two, he is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing back the exiles. Again, contextual. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. Now, some will say the Bible is just relegated to the spiritual realm. Let man take care of the physical and the emotional part of the person. God gets one-third and mankind gets the other two-thirds. Not so. It says, he heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. And there may be some of you this evening that are struggling with something very difficult and you're brokenhearted, but let me assure you that God can bind up those wounds. It says, he counts the stars and calls them all by name. Oh, men have been counting stars since they could look out into the night sky and starting from the original star counters before the st telescope, they actually counted a few thousand. Now they're up to millions and billions, and we don't even know if we can find all the stars, but God knows them all by name. He made them all. You know, if there's trillions of them, he didn't say, well, gee, uh, that trillionth and one, where is that? I can't seem to find it, Gabriel. Would you go out and look for it? I think it got lost. He calls them all by name. How great he is. His power is absolute. His understanding is unlimited. Any question you may have, the Lord has the answer for you. Any question. We get to heaven. I don't understand this. It's, it's there in a, a heartbeat. All understanding. The Lord supports the humble, but brings the wicked into the dust. Now, that's something that we need to be reminded of because we can tend to look at the wicked and say, gee, they're getting away with that. And maybe even tempted to, to fudge on our walk because... You know, it, it kind of looks like you can do that. You can walk in both worlds and it'll be fine. But the Bible is very clear. He supports the humble and he brings the wicked into the dust. At some point, it's going to happen. Sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to our God accompanied by harps. He covers the heavens with clouds, sends down the showers and makes the green grass grow in mountain pastures. He feeds the wild animals and the young ravens cry to him for food. That's amazing. He's, they're speaking about the ecosystem here. The ecosystem, right? The rain waters the ground, the grass grows, 
vegetation grows, the animals eat the vegetation, right? they eventually die, they fall down, the, their body goes back into the ground, it's broken down and it feeds the vegetation. And the rain rains and the vegetation grows again. So it's this ecosystem that even man, when he gets involved and starts messing with it, God, it always seems to heal itself. The speed of a horse is nothing to him. How puny in his sight is the strength of a man. Now in those days, if you had uh, horse-mounted soldiers, you had a bad army. Remember the times that this was written in. However, um, God doesn't, doesn't mean anything to him. The horses, oh wow, you, know, you think that's impressive? Right? Even the children of Israel, when they were tempted to duplicate the, the weapons of warfare to some of the other nations, God said, hey, just rely on me. Doesn't matter what chariots they have, doesn't matter what implements. If I'm going to have you win the battle, you're going to win the battle. I'll, call, I'll, I'll send them into confusion. How puny in his sight is the strength of a man. You know, remember, back in those days, things were much simpler. If you were physically strong, that's great. If you had a horse, that's double great. But God's like, that's doesn't, it's not going to do it for you. You've got to rely on me. But his joy is in those who reverence him, who reverence him, those who expect him to be loving and kind. His joy. Does he find his joy in us? Well, do we reverence him? Do we fear him? Do we submit ourselves to him? You know, are we um, humble when we come to our God? And, and, and it's those who expect him to be loving and kind. He's blessed when we think well of him. Isn't that amazing? When we believe that he could answer our prayers, when we believe that he can solve our problems, when we tell others what a kind and gracious God he's been so good to me, he loves that. That blesses him. What can you do for God? He's got everything. He doesn't need us to do anything. However, this stuff blesses him. And that's what I want to speak about this evening, is how we can give back to him. We can't buy him a gift. We can't throw him a surprise party. He knows everything. Okay? There's a lot of things we can't do for him, but there are things that we can do for him. And I want to get us out of the mindset of, you know, treating God like Santa Claus, giving back to him, that we bless his name, that we glorify his name with our lives. This is not, you know, something you hear that often, but it's nevertheless important. Praise him, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has fortified your gates against all enemies and blessed your children. He sends peace across your nation and fills your barns with plenty of the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world. How swiftly his word flies. This was a portion of scripture where the psalmist is reminding his countrymen about their responsibilities towards God. You know, and, and I've often said that as believers, when we're going through a, such a difficult time, we're so close to him. And then sometimes when all of a sudden we get out of that funk, we get out of that problem, and we're prosperous. It happened with Israel. It happens with the church too, it really does. That we tend to ever so slightly pull away from him. He's saying, this is a, a, a fruitful season. This is a fruitful season. Don't forget your God. Don't forget to bless him. He sends the snow 
in all its lovely whiteness and scatters the frost upon the ground and hurls the hail upon the earth, who can stand before his freezing cold? God is in control of the weather. God is in control of the weather. I like this part, and I thought about this. Who can stand before his freezing cold? Um, zero degrees centigrade is 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which is where water freezes. Zero degrees centigrade is 273 degrees Kelvin. Zero degrees Kelvin is absolute zero, and according to the third law of thermodynamics, all molecular movement stops and freezes. It's the complete absence of heat. Isn't that amazing how God made this universe so impressive? He set the temperature of the earth. He put the star that we call the sun a certain distance from the earth. He tilted the earth on a 23-degree axis to give us our seasons. He can shut everything down like that. And I think the third law of thermo, second law says that everything goes from a hot body to a cold body, and eventually the universe becomes a uniform temperature and it dies a heat death. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because it says, I know, I got this, all that, out of who can stand before his freezing cold. He could just shut out the heat, man, and everything stops motionless. Every gas, every liquid, it's frozen in time. But God has blessed us with the sun. He's blessed us with the evening and the day. He's blessed us with cool and warmth. But he's just got so much power at his fingertips. He doesn't abuse it, though. But, when, but then he calls for warmer weather, and the spring wind blows and all the river ice is broken. I love spring. I don't know about you, but that's one of my favorite seasons. I love when the dogwood blooms and the crabapple tree puts these pink flowers and all the bees are taking its nectar. It's beautiful. The grass starts to grow. I love grass. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a little earthy, crunchy. Um, but I love that, you know, you just see that thaw happen. It's so beautiful to behold. He has made known his laws and ceremonies of worship to Israel, something he has not done with any other nation. They have not known his commands. Hallelujah, yes, praise the Lord. It was a special covenant to Israel. Uh, what a blessing it, it, it is to the Jewish people. Uh, and what a blessing it is that we live under the new covenant as well. His new covenant gave these promises to all the earth, including the Gentiles, which I'm from as well. So I'm going to jump to Psalm 148, also anonymous, uh, focusing on a call to praise God. Psalm 148. It says, Praise the Lord, O heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels, all the armies of heaven. He has different orders of celestial beings. He has the, the seraphim. In Isaiah 6, he has the cherubim, right? He has the living creatures uh, in Revelation that stand before his throne. And as we look at the description, you would almost think that they're his pets. They're kind of interesting. They resemble animals or different parts of animals. So you have this higher order of beings, these eternal beings, these powerful beings, uh, much more mighty than we are, and they're praising him. When we get into Revelation 4, I believe it is, it was. I know Lenny was, was listening to that. A few of you were listening to Revelation series. And uh, you get to see the throne room of heaven and the sea of glass and everyone just praising God. And why wouldn't we? 
You know, it would only be because of man's stubbornness. But the Bible says that one day, every tongue will confess, every, every knee will bow, and every tongue will comp- confess that Jesus is Lord um, under adoration or obligation. Uh, for us, I hope that we're doing it out of adoration. But others will do, the ones that are resistant, the rebellious will do it out of obligation one day. Praise him, sun and moon and all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Remember Jesus when the Pharisees said, stop these people from praising you? You know, the triumphal entry. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If they were to be quiet, the stones would cry out. Imagine a stone crying out, Jesus is Lord. Could he do that? Sure he could. It would be wild to watch. He can do anything with his, uh, with his creation. It's limitless. He's a, you know, we only limit God by our own limited understanding, but he's limitless in what he can do. Five, let everything he has made give praise to him, for he issued his command and they came into being. He established them forever and ever. His orders will never be revoked. And praise him down here on earth, you creatures of the ocean depths. Let fire and hail, snow, rain, wind, and weather all obey. All obey. And it's amazing because if you look at the scripture over the years, if you look at the Old and the New Testament, God did things where, because of prayer and because of his providence, he changed the course of the weather uh, to accommodate a certain battle or uh, to you know, to lengthen a battle, you know, to do something with the with the solar system and the sun, and it's just amazing. It's impressive, and God has that power to do that. Let the mountains and hills, the fruit trees and cedars, the wild animals and cattle, the snakes and birds, the kings and all the people, with their rulers and their judges, young men and maidens, old men and children, all praise the Lord together. Sometimes I think man is one of the most stubborn creation. You know, all the, all the rest of the creation gets in line. They're in harmony with what God wants. They obey. And he's given us free will. So we don't have to praise him. But we do that to our own, our own peril. We do that to our own peril. For he alone is worthy. His glory is far greater than all of heaven, of earth and heaven. He has made his people strong honoring his godly ones, the people of Israel, the people closest to him. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. I would tell you, when I first started coming to church, you know, I was big into working out and I was a police officer and, you know, people would raise their hands and they would sing and they would pray. And I'm thinking, I would never do that. You know, now I love to sing. I love to sing praises to the Lord. Um, it's my honor to do that. I don't sound very good if I was to be amplified, but to him it's pleasant because it comes from my heart. Um, and, you know, it's just amazing how your, your thought processes change over the years. You know, the closer we get to him, is there anything we wouldn't do for God? Like I said, can't give him a, a nice gift, can't... There's a lot of things we just can't do for him that he doesn't all... Give him something he already has. Make something for him. Well, it's, it's his elements. But what can we do for him? I think as believers, we have to be careful not to get into the rut of just trying to pump God for stuff. You know, um, I teach my son that. You know, it's it's not you go to prayers and it's these are all the things I want, Lord. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll, I'll see you again at bedtime. You know, 
it's got to come from the heart. It has to be something that has to do with adoration. And, and some things as simple as uh, when I pray, I'll just look outside and say, Lord. You know, it's funny. My, my wife and I were on our deck to, uh, today. And last spring, we were, got bitten up by so many mosquitoes. For some reason this spring, I guess it wasn't as wet. There's no mosquitoes. We could leave the doors open. And I'm like, you know what? Praise God for that. We've been out in the wooded area for 10 years, 11 years. Never got Lyme disease. Do you ever pray, praise God for the things that you didn't get? And we, we pray, we thank you, God, for the things we've gotten. But I think a lot of times you should praise God for the awful things that we didn't get. It could always be worse. And I think that if you're sitting here this evening, you can think about five things off the top of your head. If you really try, maybe 20 things that we could be thankful for. Number one, everybody's here. Looks like everybody's alive. Okay, it looks, that's what it looks to me from here. So we have breath in our lungs. If I'm not mistaken, and I know most of you, everybody here is saved. You know the Lord. You're eternal beings. God has given you the keys to his kingdom and entrance into eternal life. And if you don't know the Lord, come see me afterwards because it's not an exclusive club. It's open to you as well. Third thing that we can look at is we live in a country where we're allowed to come freely and assemble and worship. Right? Um, the fourth thing is, if you're in this church, probably you like somebody here, and you look at other believers as your church family. And that's four so far that I just spoke about. I mean, we, we can go on all day long. It was a beautiful day today. It was in the 70s. It was really nice. That's five things. It didn't take me long. To, and I, it's, it's not my notes. Right? How, how many other things can we speak about? So, not to belabor the point, I did say it was going to be a short message, but... Let, when we leave here tonight, let's really meditate on praising him, thanking him, adoring him, complimenting him, blessing him. And most importantly, when it comes to going out into the world, that we try to set a really good example so that we honor him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, help us never to take you for granted. And Lord, I, I hope that tomorrow in this national day of prayer, um, one out of 364 days? I don't know. I just pray.